It's rolling. All right, we are at Cleveland Moto Podcast. We are at the International Exposition Center for the IMS, International Motorcycle Shows. And uh, this is the 2018 edition. Uh, once again, we are starting here in the Cleveland Moto booth. To my left is... Oscar. And to his left is... Johnny Mack. And to his left is... Dan. And to his left... Chris Smith. And... Johnny Chrome. And... Dustin. Hey, here we are. And your humble narrator, Phil Waters. I see Pete Hempfling walking up with his brother, Tim, just in time. Uh, really good display for the vintage side of things. Oh, here comes Hopper. Hopper's coming. Yeah, Hopper's back. In- <laughs> Hello, all. Hello. So in the vintage display, there are more cool kick-ass bikes. Uh, CB450 Black Bomber, uh, Super Hawks times two. Uh, we got a TR6 Triumph. We got a Norton A50 Commando. We got a Kawasaki KZ900. We got a Motoguzzi Eldorado. And uh, that's just the shit we brought. Uh, Larry brought an 850 Commando and a TR6 that you've never seen as beautiful of British motorcycles as those two, and we're l- proud to have them in our line. I actually, I'm dual uh, dual heading tonight for I'm doing Vintage Bike Night Ohio. Vintage so Bike Night Ohio. They have a lot of nice bikes, which is the booth next to us. Yeah, I was just talking to uh, Mentor Bob about his Stinger, the the T125 Stinger. Twin. Twin 125 CC. Super cool. Look it up. Look up a Suzuki Stinger. It's yeah. Super cute little bike. Maybe 550 of them. And he's owned like like 100 of them. He's been through tons of them. He was just telling me a story about how he got that one. And I won't tell you what the price is, but it's obscene. And within our eyeshot right now, we can see a 1977 uh, Honda Goldwing GL1000. That bike is 100% stock original. So that is a factory original uh, 77 gold is, one. Is it a restoration or no? That is it's a survivor. That is a survivor. Wow, that, that is, bike looks like that, that is a hurricane clean. over there. The Triumph Hurricane. Uh, are those 75? Yeah, something yeah. like that. 75. Uh, hurricane. Well, it's an X75, uh, three-cylinder yeah. Triumph Hurricane. Uh, ben Craighead. No, that's not Ben's uh, XS650. That's somebody else's flat tracker 650. Is that a? CB500 4 over there, the green one? Yeah, but a little bit weird color of green. Weird like, color green. But I like it. And I, I like got it. my chocolate CB500 4 right here. Somebody's got a beautiful red Honda Dream. I yeah, love that. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and a blue Superhawk. Oh, my Imagine goodness. Imagine that. And, uh, and they're all for sale, budget priced at www.clevenmoto.com. <laughs> the, uh, okay. So we're going to sign out real quick, and we're going to start the tape up again when, I get, when we get to the Honda booth. And pause. Rolling. So we're over here at the Honda booth. That's our first stop. We got to look at all the Honda motorcycles. I'm going to launch into it. Um, so what is the motorcycle with the plastic cases? Somebody? You're still in my thunder, man. No, 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 the rest of the motorcycle. I don't know if it's an F, but it should be an F if it's not an right. F. Because it has the four into one exhaust that they completely ripped off from a CB400F Super Sport. That spaghetti, that metal spaghetti going out of the cylinders they all over sweet, to the right. Sweet, 45 exactly degree the angle at the same got. time. And they even feed in the same flat header. Like that shit, the rest of the bike could have been, I don't even know what the rest of the bike looked like. They had me on that one element and they fucking knew it. And I think, John, you said it best. You're like, I was comparing it to CB400F. You're right. It's not. Compare it to a CB1. 
liquid cooled. It's like the natural progression. It's the natural progression. It's a CB400 F5, but it's a naked bike, no bearing, so it kind of looks like a CB1. And it's light as fuck. That's a nod to old school, which which is what hooked you. Right. And in the same way, some of this stuff that's like a plastic case that's designed to look like a burnished aluminum case. It's like, don't lie to me, you know? And it has the best muffler. It doesn't have the big Econo can coming off the side. They actually manage to just throw up. They put a little GP pipe underneath it, so they're hiding all the the devilry underneath it. And so what you got is this little unobtrusive little, you know, nipple coming out of it, as opposed to on a CB1000R. I prefer to think of it as a nipple. A nipple, right. It's a, it's a little, it's a little, right? Nipple. But the point is, if it's not sounding awesome, which it won't sound awesome, then I don't want to see it. So if you want to let me make it sound awesome in the aftermarket, let me do that. I feel like it'll sound cozy. It'll have that yeah. nice, whoa, yeah. Yeah. just barely. A little bit, but right. it'll be super not, smooth. It'll be great for having a huge pipe on the side. Right. Compared to the smaller one, it's probably going to sound close enough. Right. They even have a switch to make it sound like a sewing machine so you get that true vintage feel. <laughs> Wait a second. I got a button. I can hear the cams and the chain. Yeah. You can hear the cam chain. You can add some tick to it. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. This but, sounds just like an old CB4. Here's another, like, here's another positive for Honda. It's like I'm looking behind it and there's all these like little trail bikes and stuff. And you see the kids throwing their legs over these little red Honda. And that just appeals to like the eight-year-old, ten-year-old me. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. every little Honda 50, everybody that grew up driving a Honda 50. Cycle. They're still available, man, and that's what hooks you. That's what keeps you coming back for the rest of your life. Yeah, they still sell little red Hondas. They do. Yeah, they do. 50 cc Hondas with yeah. little like on, with, on which I hear that you meet the nicest people. Right. Still to this day. <laughs> Although the CRF 250R is kind of nasty looking with the dual pipes coming out underneath the back. I like yeah. the I like the illegitimate love child of the old Goldwing and the ST1300, which is the new Goldwing. Because it looks like it's somewhere in between. It does look like somewhere in between. I'd love to ride one of those, but it's still at 800 pounds. So. You know what? But it's still at 800 pounds. It's still the smallest Goldwing on the dimensions, like the size of it. They've trimmed that bike down so much to make it light and easier to ride. So that's cool. I mean, the 1800 was a pleasure to ride. Oh, yeah. And this one's really going to be a nice, this is going to be like a 1300, I think. It'd be a nice bike. I'm still wondering whether they're going to come up with the CRF 450L. We've got the 250, but what's the problem with putting plates on a CRF 450? Go head to head, go head to head with the DRZ 400. You got liquid cool and. I think the CB500 actually was an anemic attempt at that, but it didn't really deliver. And. That, that bike is available in other parts of the world as like a Franken bike. You don't see it so much in the United States, but there are people that take that motor and put it in the CB500X frame. And they, that's what Honda uses for their rally bikes when they race into car and stuff. And it is like a nice package, but I don't think it'll ever come to market. I did I did take a quick look at the, the CB or the C, CRF250 rally right. was over there. That yeah. looks pretty nice. That, pretty neat, you know. Nice that was bike. my pick. But I've, ridden, but I've ridden the CRF 250, and it's just not enough to put a big smile on my face. It's so dumb. It's a nice. I mean, that's because your face is so big, John. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're you're a lot of man, John. It's, it's the face transportation system. Man. It's not a bike problem. I like the 500 X that it's right next to. Also, yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. Good looking bike. Kind of build solid, dependable stuff, but it's and not it like overly exciting, yeah. right? It's not stuff that really like gets your juices flowing. The, the but, African twin looks. Really 
really cool than that does. It does yeah. look really... It, it's not a KLM, it sort of is... Uh, hey, the Africa Twin Race Edition, or whatever that is, on the, the gold rims, they spent an extra pile of money on the paint on that bike. Because that the red, white, and blue on that sucker looks, that looks so, so cool. Yeah, and that's what my friends has one of those, but I've never seen it, Steve. Yeah, well... That paint on that particular bike is a limited edition bike, and it looks like chemical candy paint. It looks that good. Oh, he's talking about the Goldwing over there. So, yeah, he's over there buying a Goldwing. Anybody else got... Hey, Chrome, you got any feedback on the Honda booth? Anything you liked or hated? I really like the root beer on the root beer paint. I know it's... Be superficial. I really right. like the colors on a couple of them. Get down with the brown. Yeah, I mean it's it's pearl. There's some pearlescent there. There's some metal flake going on. Uh, I've noticed a lot of their paint uh, is really good. They, they did a really good job of kind of hiding the fact that they don't have conventional forks on them anymore. Yes. They yeah. need to add they some have gold to it. So it's like so it's like the brown version of the yeah, transit. You didn't notice, did you? <laughs> so it worked. It worked. It worked. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't notice there was no fork on that bike. Oh, I noticed, yeah. but most people probably did. I mean, you mean it's got a rigid front end? No, it, it I know it's, it's a tone. Yeah, yeah. it, has, it has what Yamaha tried in 85. The GTS 1000 Yamaha Omega? Yamaha was a little too uh, uh, obvious with its single-sided swing arm. You know, Honda, I would be willing to bet you that they purposefully disguised it. BMW only had that since uh, 1996. 94, 96, yeah, right, yeah. And as usual, nobody cares about BMWs. Telelever. Because when Honda, because when, when, Honda, when Honda knows about boring, they learn from BMW. They, uh, <laughs> I like the bounce, though. <laughs> I like the bounce. I like fork skills, goddammit. Chris, did you see anything you liked out here? I thought the uh, 700 uh, automatic over there was kind of cool. Yeah, and that's and that whole line of 700s. We talked about that motor, that that a little bit laying down 700 motor, that twin. They're getting a lot of mileage out of that. Slant, the slant two. You know, hey, that's racist. If it was a Dodge. They called a slant twin, and they're using that motor in a lot of bikes, man. And it must be working out for them because. Along that same down. line, the, the motor that's in the CB500X was an upright twin, side-by-side right. side twin. They're also putting in that Honda Rebel, which right. doesn't really appeal to me, but I can see it appealing to a new rider. Nobody in this group has said that they love the Honda Rebel, unless you're holding, holding back on us, Dan. Okay. I don't say I would love it, but I would recommend it to a new rider. But, like, I so... Like the, I don't like the... the yeah, it's like a kind of mini cruiser. Like, and I will go. I'll go back to my original statement. If anybody in this group of people liked it, fucking Honda marketing failed because that we're not supposed to like it. Cooler <laughs> people than us are supposed to like it. Younger people than us are supposed to like it. And if we hate it, good job marketing department. Because if we like it, fuck that. We've proved we're not buying anything new. I love that gold. I see that on the gold one. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, the I'm Honda the Honda marketing someday. department has literally put the two gold wings up on quote a pedestal with a glassed in like an expensive hotel balcony uh, area. So when you are sitting on in a that video wall, yeah, on a video wall, when you're sitting on that bike. You have got the mountains going behind you at 60 miles an hour. I feel VIP. They have, yeah, yeah, they have fans yeah. blowing on your face, and, and they're just. Have a camera ready. I'll go up and drop my drawers and do a pressed hand when I glass. <laughs> they, they are doing. They started at 23.5. Wow. That's really. That's all. Wow. Wow. It's a lot. You could, yeah, you could buy two Fiat 500s, right. or if you were smart, you'd buy four of some other real car. Right. Yeah, that's it. They, uh, 
I mean, $23,000, right, in 10 years, that's going to seem like a hell of a value until they're 13 years old and all the problems come up. Right. Yeah. They don't support They'll be good for like a week and a half in 2028. Then you can buy one cheap and ride it for like a year. And then wrap, wrap. run away. All right, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to get to another booth, unless somebody else has. I saw little Jimmy Nipples was over here. There he is right there. He's looking all old like a homeless guy now. He's looking like a railroad worker. He does look homeless. Yeah. That's his name, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah Jimmy Berkey. I know, right? Better question. All right, let's move on. <laughs> okay, we're here in the booth for Indian. Don't say victory. It's Indian. Uh, so, what I've Less noticed increase. since the, the two have never really been really associated, are they all? I mean, well, it is all Polaris. It's okay, so, so it's all Polaris. Yeah. I'm sorry. Right. And so Polaris decided, in a in a in a brief moment of survival instinct, to offload Victory and and put their energy into Indian, which of course is actually throwing down the gauntlet and giving Harley Davidson a run for their money in the American market. And I've heard that from a number of people. That's American tradition. It is an American tradition, right? And <laughs> Victory so was not the guy notorious. At, the guy who worked at Polaris who decided to buy the name Indian, probably at much of the, like, you know, oh, I don't know, dude, I don't know if this is a good idea. Whoever that guy is. Much to the chagrin. Turns out he's a genius. Yeah, much to the chagrin. Or Well, there's an awesome Twinsburg movie of, right. about the original Indian motorcycle. Oh, it's the best marketing thing the they ever could have had by Indian. Indian. If, I have, if I have to trudge forward with a marquee, I'd rather trudge forward with Indian right. than Victory. That's true. That's That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here we are in the booth. <laughs> Go ahead, Jen Crow. I was just going to rehash. That's something we've said before yeah. uh, previous podcasts. Is it's the name. It's there, the name. There is a market. There is a segment of the market. Right. There is some, some market share to be had that is never going to sidle up to something that is not an American icon motorcycle. If you took every motorcycle I mean, out of this booth right now, this booth would still turn twenty grand at the end of the show from selling t-shirts, jackets, and hats <laughs> that have the Indian name on them because it's an identifiable American icon. And all the different, you know, S&S or whatever name of Connecticut Motorcycle Company that owned Indian and its last three attempts, they all had one thing in common. They sold nice merch based on that Indian logo. So even if you just sold clothing, the Indian logo was worth something. I think this you can really say right now, though, there's, like, nice two-wheeled merch here. Uh, there, there, yeah. There was, like... Okay. Uh, and yeah, there are. If you're, if you're in doubt, look at the flat track racing results. They are kicking ass. They're kicking a Harley ass. Well, they're kicking and, ass in a, um, a race, like the old Ducati days. They're kicking ass in a class they invented. So... That marketing drive of Harley-Davidson with their 750cc product and Indian with their Scout 60 product said, we've got a product that we need to put in front of people's noses. And fortunately, ironically, in the United States, an 800cc is considered to be a lightweight when you look around us right now. Next to, as we're standing next to the Thunderstroke 111. Yeah, I mean, thunder, thunder, right. thunder. I think there's something to be said, though, Scout for 60. Right. Scout the 60. Scout 60. Right versus the Sportster, and there's also a demographic that's going to be drawn to the finner skirts of their full dressers oh, yeah. versus a Harley. That's so, right. Until they have to change the rear tire. Well, yeah, nobody thinks that <laughs> far ahead. Yeah. 
right? So they, they have a pro- they have a viable product. Boy, they, they do. do have a they viable certainly product, do, and, and they have a viable image. And I think they're doing a good job. So I is, think they did the right thing. This is the question to the answer that nobody wanted to hear: is you know, with Victory, why didn't they just rebadge Victories? Like they were a pretty popular. I mean, people are diehard Victory fans. So, it's so radically different. They just don't. They, no, it's too modernistic. They tried that with Victory when they brought Arlen yeah. Ness in, and he, right. they came up with those like futuristic spaceshipy, waspy looking. Arlen things. Ness got his walking papers. Roland Sands got. Dick in a box. Like, I mean, he literally, if you look over there at the one Indian that's up on display that has the pegs where they're supposed to be, it says Roland Sands on the back, RSD. So, RS, like, Roland Sands is still very, very much, much associated with Indian for both their hill climbing shit and their flat tracking shit. So, all the go fast, extra sexy, I'm young and I still have a boner stuff is Roland Sands. Everything else is Thunderstroke, right? So, but, but okay. But the guy who's currently having sex with your daughter was sitting on the. Uh... <laughs> oh, that's rough. Uh huh. I talked to Oliver and he was sitting on the <laughs> Oliver Indian. Oliver, close off. <laughs> <laughs> but I was sitting. I talked to him because once again, don't yeah, don't market to me. Market to Oliver. Because Oliver is the next ru- upcoming motorcyclist, and is that the an Oliver th- Thunderstruck that you were talking Oliver about. <laughs> uh, so, but he was sitting on this Indian Scout over here, and what he said was, "I wish the pegs were six inches further back," which is the same thing my wife said when she test rode one. So, if Oliver, who is a young person, and my wife, who is a, a middle-aged person, yeah, who has money to spend, though, so the difference between my wife and Oliver is a lot. A dick and about forty thousand dollars a year, I'm sure. But oh, maybe a hundred thousand dollars a year, yeah. right? But but my wife said the peg should be six inches further back, and Oliver said the peg should be six inches. But even back. on the one that he was in, it's yeah. the reduced. It's one. the reduced that's reach. The, that's the closest you can get to it. Yet, Roland Sands also thinks the pegs should be six inches back because the Roland Sands bike up on the podium, yeah. that shit's got its peg six inches back ah. too. It's got a different exhaust on it's it. It's got a bunch of shit. Because right. the way that one is, you couldn't move those I pegs agree, back but there. The point is, the Oliver, who is like, how old do you think Oliver is? Like 23? 22. 22, right. So Oliver's 22. He liked that bike with the pegs further back, which they don't build. So uh, nobody told Oliver which bike to sit on. A 22-year-old kid who's doing better than any of us did, because Steve's daughter's very cute. Uh, was he picked a motorcycle? He picked a good motorcycle, but he said the peg should be further back. So he liked that bike, but he said it shouldn't be so feet forward cruisery. And by the what way, if I'm not on this anymore, if I'm not on this podcast anymore. Oliver's mom just killed me because <laughs> <laughs> they met on Christian Mingle. As long as, long as she didn't peg you. <laughs> Anybody else? One of the things that I was talking with the Indian rep about was it, Indian is one of those few marquees where it might actually be cheaper to buy a new one than to buy an old one. You're right. I really? mean, you, an old an old Indian. I mean, you're talking twenty five thousand. Then you got to do a restoration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you can actually come here and buy a new one for right. probably less than you can own. And all the cruiser bikes, all the baggers have got the full twelve inch yeah. display screens on it, and the blue teeth and the, everything else. And I mean, they're just technological 
whole masterpiece. I, if I'm you sorry. buy a Jeep, you're getting all the styling of a vintage one. I'm just looking at that girl's butt. And they got the, the, the little refrigerator attached there to put your beer in and stuff like well, that. Well, and they do have the uh, the Indian chieftain here, which is the uh, the Kawasaki Vulcan Tribute. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Kawasaki Vulcan Drifter, but with much more motor. Who, who begat who? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. They just let Kawasaki borrow their design for a few years. Yeah. But Anybody they, else got anything you good? You talk about that dash display when you're riding that bike and you look forward, you look like you're looking operating a, the Millennium Falcon. It does, yeah. But <laughs> from the guy that pulls up beside you in his mini- minivan with right. a wife and yeah. three kids that are screaming in the back. He's like, that guy's on a fucking cool Indian. You know? so, <laughs> oh, yeah. The other thing, guys, the other thing we talked about. Yeah. It's going to be blind. Hey, like, hey. blind hey. All right, so Ben made the mistake of walking up to the Cleveland Moto Podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, you came into our booth. That's right. right. <laughs> we, we do this yeah, every year. Ben has the right attitude. Ben's going to go far with this podcast. All right. So, first well, of all, we ben, all signed up to win name? your chieftain. Dover? <laughs> No, it's Hernley, goddammit. It's, oh, okay. it's, it's Hernley. I've never heard that before. Though. No, it's the first time unique. It's yeah. unique. Right. So, right now, the, the cool thing that we're seeing is when the, with the loss of victory, mm-hmm. we've seen some products in, Vic, in Indian take a little bit of a shift. So, you guys seem to be putting a lot more attention to the bagger side of things over there. So, I see the displays, the screens, yeah. and uh, the more stereo, more emphasis on stereo and entertainment systems yeah. on those bikes. Whereas the Chieftains are still pretty yeah. old school, keeping it real, uh, vintage bike kind of things. Yeah. Our podcast listeners are a group of people from vintage motorcycles to cross-country touring guys. Yeah. The In the Indian fleet, what are you guys, how are you guys selling or what is the marketing catch for the technology uh, enhanced Indians that you guys are selling. First of all, what's the name? What's the name of the package? You lost me too. What's the name of package? Talk into the mic. It's Little Ben, but go ahead. You got the you got the Chieftain Limited. The Chieftain Limited, which is stealthy, kind of, blacked out. Uh, the first thing you notice is the fender's gone, right? Right. So your your whole front valence fender is no longer on. Those got chopped off. Okay. We had a, an entire market asking for that. So you got some people that want it, have to have it. It's part of Indian's heritage. So it's valanced at the back, but it's chopped at the front. Well, completely off. That black so, one there. Correct, right. right. So you right. still have your back so and the back. the back is still totally balanced out. The front is the front chopped tire off. is completely open. Okay. So from that, you got the guy that wants to come off. He wants the latest tech. Yep. We wanted to go after the guy in the future, right? So Indian's been grounded in the past, and that's good. We need to own Heck that. that is. Yeah. But we also, if we're going to be every man's bike... Yep. We need to be able to appeal to a bunch of different groups. So that's why we did that. The tech you're seeing in the ride command system, too. The right. person on this bike doesn't want any technology on it. No, bike. you don't. You, you want to ride. Right. You want an open road. You want the But your, your technology system over there is fully awesome. comprehensive. Yep. Do you guys have anything in the way of rear speakers? Or is it all focused on the front? No, we have rear speaker options for every for one of all our the bikes. bikes. Okay, even our bikes that are over here. If you have hard bags or yeah. a Springfield here, you can get an option to put the audio on the back cool. of that too. If you want to plug very cool. The have, do you have you guys yielded to a lot of companies now are sending out motorcycles with a twenty one inch front wheel? Do you guys have anything with a twenty one inch front wheel to encompass the quote? Bagger style? Say no. Uh, no, no, no. No, I'm just asking because, you know, Moto Guzzi has a 21-inch wheel right now. Harley Davidson's got a 21-inch wheel right now. A lot of guys are, are looking what, at that. These are 18. I, I'd have to right. ask the engineer exactly the Well, you'd know if you had a 21 because uh, you'd be like, why is well, that tire so big? And we had a 21 on some of the Victor line that we used yeah. to talk about before. Yep. But yep. I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I saw that as a trend. I don't know how long, how long don't, do you think that's going to be a fad That's what I think. I think it's going to look pretty I'm thinking it's going to look pretty dated in about a year. Right. That's with handling a lot. Too. The donk is oh, yeah. the donk is not the best idea. <laughs> so, good so answer, cool. Good answer, Excellent. Ben. 
Thanks, man. Thanks for popping by. Okay, we're going to take 10 minutes. We're going to go over and look at the KTM booth. Woo! <laughs> Yeah, I'm rolling. We have numbers rolling. All right. So here we are. We're standing in the KTM booth, which the KTM booth is always an exciting booth for Cleveland Moto because secretly all of us deep down inside could someday be cool enough to ride a KTM. I did last summer. You did? I was at a gas station and some guy came up to me, some pack of BMWs, and like buzzing around me. One guy had a KTM, a rust had BMWs, and he said, oh, an Africa Twin, I want to buy one. I'm like, you want to ride it? And he's like, oh, I got to go down south. Okay. So I'm like, well, let's switch bikes. You can take my Africa Twin, I'll ride your KTM. And we rode down like 60 miles down south on Route 8. And I got a chance to ride a. It was an older one. It was like a, I think it was a 990. Okay, yeah. yeah. It was a Duke. Yeah. Or an adventure. It was an adventure. Adventure, yeah. And when we got done, we pulled into this parking lot. He's like, "I'm never giving you back your bike." <laughs> and that's completely cool that like a random human being decided to trade bikes with you and let you ride his shit. And, he rode and I was happy to ride it. You know what? The power is really. I mean, I like the way the power comes on. Yeah. And it's it's. The torque's good, the power's good, but it vibrates. So okay. you know that a little more of a beast than a Honda, of right, course. It's a beast. Anything. No, it is a beast. And, and we know it's... Steve hates vibration. No, he does not like vibration. So but it was worth it, and it was. I mean, it makes me more interested in looking at one. How so. is it that KTM continues to survive, ignoring the rest of the planet's fascination with colors? <laughs> right. KTM thinks that we are all like dogs and are colorblind to a certain degree. You can have white, orange, and black, or any combination of those orange, three white, colors. Black, 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 orange, black and white. But as far as they're concerned, the rest of the color spectrum does not exist. exist. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why they bought Husqvarna. Via Austin. Oh, yeah. You want blue and yellow? Get a Husky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, other manufacturers have done, I mean, big red and stuff like that. Honda's always been red and black and white and stuff. But they, they yeah. do come out they with other colors. Right. But when did you ever see a yellow KTM? Never. 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 Like, they have been they have been true to this shit. Like, you'd think that the guys at the KTM design department could literally only see in three colors. You go in there, the monitors are all monochrome. Like, they don't ex- they don't acknowledge the existence of other color patterns. Now, this and, is a very- and old bikes have all three colors. Yes. None of them are missing any color. <laughs> all the light bulbs are orange well, in the building. That's how you can tell it. <laughs> By the way, if you're familiar with Chinese motorcycles... The, the California Scooter Company does a fake KTM color package, and a few of the other Chinese <laughs> motorcycle companies do fake KTM color packages. How you can tell they're fake is they're missing one of the three colors. Ah. They'll be like red, <laughs> or they'll be orange, black, and orange. They won't have any white on them. But that's, there's also something else missing here. What's that? A cruiser. Well, yeah, there's no cruisers in no here, cruisers, man. No cruisers, so that's, maybe that's where the color comes in. And that's not a bad thing. Right. No, I'm not saying it's bad. Maybe but KTM's proving yeah. KTM's doing good this year. And no heavy tours. Right, no heavy tours, no cruisers, adventure bikes. And God love these fucking amazing... What they're doing in the small displacement street bike market, lightweights and middleweights, what caught my eye is... Hey, Danny. Hey, Denny. So, Denny's from KTM. What caught my eye, what's really cool, is the 390 has been something that I've been fond of since it came out, and they've only been making it better. But what I thought was really cool is the 690 is only 11 pounds more, give or take, 
yet it's the 690. Like, like this is the bike that is going to make me make horribly bad decisions. And the 390 is the bike that I'm going to feel okay with younger members of my family riding. But for 11 pounds more, oh my God, the 690 is just so, so dangerous. So what, what can you tell us about the bike, Danny? What you're talking about, I, I really think the 690 is a fantastic bike. Right. That's a single-cylinder torque monster that, uh, I mean, we like that KTM has embraced these this is, lightweight this is a great. This is stuff. a great bike. This yeah. is an entry-level bike. Right. And these are going to cost us how much money? Uh, for a KTM 390. These bikes are made in India. Right. Yeah, the XCs. Right. right. Yeah. No, the 390s are yeah. made in, yeah. this is made in Austria. Right. There's exactly. actually a difference in the fit and Oh, fit we were talking about yeah. that. You know, the Austrian bike can be 11 pounds heavier, yet 300 cc's more, because it's an Austrian bike. And Austrian in- cc's weigh less. Well, and Indian metal weighs more. So an Indian welding weighs more. And, you know, but what they've done is they've introduced KTM to a more entry-level part of the market that could have never bought a KTM before. So that's kick-ass. The, the fact that the Duke and the... Uh, uh, the, the 390 uh, sport bike. I can't remember the name of it right now. Uh, but RC. The RC. RC. Yeah, the RC. Those are fantastic bikes for the guy who's getting into riding or for a guy who wants a lighter weight bike in general. I've ridden both of them, and I think they're fantastic. Yeah. Really good representation of a lightweight bike. They've crammed How, everything in on our 390. Yeah. These by the 690s are much easier to work on, yeah. personally, I right. feel. Um, Everything's more accessible. More accessible, yeah. easier to work on. Uh, uh, again, when does the 790 come out? Uh, that one, I, They don't even know anything about them here yet. Oh, they don't? No. Okay. That'll probably be uh, a late Model 18 year. Apparently, the Harley-Davidson's got a lot of watts in it. So the... Uh, the used Super Glide is pretty uh, loud over there. but So the 790s, they're not really giving you guys a ton of information about it right. yet either. They, actually, I was talking to the guys that work here. I'm just a, I'm a dealer down yeah. in Akron. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, I'm just yeah. a dealer down in Akron. I was talking to some of the techs up here, yeah. and they haven't heard anything yet. And yet, the whole motorcycling press right now is screaming about how great the 790 is going to be, yet nobody knows about it. Yeah, well, you got to look at the magazines, and and I don't think it's right, but it's the way it is, that they get their information, the magazine has to have it three months to do it (laughs) now. So that's what they're doing, they're giving them the information, then it gets out of the magazine, everybody goes, well, what do you know about it? Nothing. I know as much as you do, got to read Dirt Bike or, you know, And it was an advanced story for a magazine that's put out 90 days in advance yeah. right so that, that makes sense you know don't believe everything you read because that magazine went to print 30 days before right. you actually got the information that'll be cool I've, i'm really impressed with the 690 duke though really thought like as far as uh and part of the whole duke line going back to the old 490s and stuff that that thing to me just feels real natural 640 640 duke yeah the old dukes yeah 620 yeah. 640 yeah um, just that whole idea of being super lightweight, tons and tons of torque. Well, the motor in that is, I actually done the Trans-American Trail on a 690 Enduro. Wow. Basically wow. the same motor. Yeah. That motor is unbelievable. The power in it. Um, and how many days were you on the Trans-American Trail? That's well, we was on three different that we did. Uh, we started in North Carolina and uh-huh. went to uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Yep. That took us, I think, 14 days. And then we went back two months later and went from Little Rock yeah. to Boulder, Colorado. Yep. And then we went back to Boulder and yep. went to... Uh, so you did it in three segments. Well, I, I couldn't leave my store for 
<laughs> you can't take that long of a time out. Right. But 13, 14 days is actually a long time to be on a single. Yeah. I mean, Any the single. bike is just... That, I mean, the, the Duke is really nice uh, for that bike there. And I, I have you been over to the vintage stuff? Oh, sure, yeah. Okay, did you see the Lester <laughs> wheel bike? We got a few bikes in there. Yeah. But the Lester, uh, the Lester Le Mans bike... I rode that bike fantastic. in West Palm Beach. Oh, cool. You know? Fantastic. I was part of the Lester wheel team. Yep. Uh, and that's the year that Gary Scott was <laughs> was national number one. Absolutely. And, right. And Lester's the thing for any podcast listeners. It kind of has a strong Ohio connection for us. So oh, yeah. We're, uh, we're kind of proud of that. People talk about, well, the bike's got Lester mags on it. We all go, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Because that, that wouldn't have happened without the industry that's happening in this in this area. So that's really well, cool. you know how that started? No, I don't. Yeah. Tom Lester, uh, who I knew fairly well from racing for him, uh, um, I got the guy that when Ford won the uh, Le Mans, 24 yeah. Hours Le Mans, right. Phil was one of, the guy named Phil something or other was one of the drivers of, of the Ford gt Four. Right. Okay. Anyways, at one of the, with the dinners he had for all of us riders and stuff, we're talking and he goes, what do you think of my watch? Okay. And he pulls it off and it says, congratulations from Ford, you know, from Ford for winning the blah, blah. Well, and it was Phil's watch. Wow. And him and Phil were good buddies. He said, man, that's a beautiful watch. He goes, Tom, here, this is yours. You can what? have it. And he talked Tom into making, make, you know, Lightweight wheels. wheels. Right, yeah. Uh, oh, man. Because Yamaha made a lot of money copying those wheels. Yamaha copied those wheels for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Every XS650 had fake Lester's on it. I, yeah. I, like you said, if, it, if we had someone who's a real Ford addict, yeah. they could... Uh, well, I've got Lester's on one of my Moto yeah. Guzzi's. No, no, so, I'm just saying we'd yeah. know who the oh, guy was. Oh, Ford guy would know yeah. the, the driver, yeah, the teammate. Well, that's very cool information. Yeah. All right, so what do we attack next, gentlemen? I uh, think... Who's well, let's thank Denny. Thank Denny, 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 Denny for... Uh, we're going to go visit you. Kawasaki yeah. next. Yeah. Thanks, okay. Denny. So, Cheers, thanks man. Enough. All right, 10 minutes in Kawasaki. We're running. All right, Cleveland Motors rolling. There's only nine minutes left in the entire goddamn show. Maybe seven at this point. We're in the Kawasaki booth, and a couple of things I wanted to call attention to. There's a new Ninja 400 over there that is adorable. Uh, battleship gray, yellow, and black. Um, oh, that's only a couple of hues off from being a KTM. It might as well be a KTM <laughs> if they had some it's orange in there. It's a yellow. I mean, the, uh, the ZX1400... Every year, the ZX1400 Ninja looks more and more like a comic book bike. Yep. Like, the paint, the bike never changes. The styling has stayed the same for years, but they just paint different color stripes on the plastic panels. Um, we're sitting next to a, literally, the H2 Ninja, but bagger the h2 ninja sport touring edition i guess it's got about a four inch or three inch uh, bar riser on it i assume there's still a supercharger hiding under there because that's the secret to being an h2 is that it's a supercharged but uh this is a special edition bike the paint's amazing on it uh, real sparkly green that is really cool really, and the really black really cool. is even sparkly oh it's a really beautiful bike i mean yeah. it's, there's nothing short of amazing on this for being an H2, but it's a H2 that you can actually go places with. The bags are very interesting. It's an H2 and fro. It's <laughs> it's the H2 Interceptor. The uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's really it's a gorgeous bike. But hey, I brought yeah. Jamie over here. Jamie. Jamie, what? Okay, so Jamie, Jamie, we are sitting next. We're standing next to the H2 Interceptor. I'm calling it the H2 Interceptor Edition. Because well, we got bags. HQ SX. SS. 
SX. Oh, SX. SX SE. It's SX without the E. It's the SX Special Edition. Correct. Correct. But it doesn't come with the bags. The bags are optional. It's a kit. It's a yeah. It's just you buy the bag kit. It's it's already pretty much ready for bags. Yep. But if the customer doesn't want it, it it comes without it. Because yeah, I mean the H2 is always. I mean everybody's loved the H2. It's been such a darling. I mean it's the launch control system. Everything on the bike is fantastic. Um, they're, they're super fast bikes. They're amazing. The launch is fantastic. They're almost as fast as my Zero SR, as we proved on video. But but they're, they are an amazing bike. They really are. And this looks so cool. Uh, to see the H2, but set up that you could actually do a little bit of traveling on it. Correct. The bars look a little more comfortable. Exactly. Uh, it really, it's, this is really cool. The seating position is closer to like a Ninja 1000. Yeah. Um, and it's it's made to for longer distance. Yep. Um, we don't really promote it as a touring bike no. in the states because that's an option. If right. you want, if you want to go, if you don't want to tour, it's a ZX14. It's a ZX14, um, right? Yeah. But it has it has launch control. It's got quick shift. It's, yeah. it's got the superchargers. You know, it's, it's got really cool. Uh, corner management. Uh, did you see the gauge? Uh, no, I didn't. Go ahead. I mean, if you have the key, oh, that would be great. We can kind of marvel at the electrical. Oh, no. oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So, talk yeah. about So, the gauge has actually, it has um, three different sport modes. Right. So, you can adjust the gauge on what you want to see. Right. And it has a touring mode. Okay. So, you can do away with all the uh, electronics. Right. So, right now, it's probably set up for. Um, Throttle position. Sure, I see that. And then on the other would would be boost. Right. So you can match what your boost setting is and your throttle at the same time. You could you can adjust that to where it'll show uh, front brake pressure. Okay. uh, Boost pressure. uh, I mean, there's a number of different. A lot of feedback things. A lot of haptic feedback for the rider as they're kind of going along riding the bike. Get to see sort of what a uh, a high end app would do for. data as you're riding. Correct, yeah. But it's it, built right into the bike. It'll lean angle, boost yeah. pressure, uh, traction control uh, cool. numbers, uh, power mode numbers, mm-hmm. all that's built right into the dash. Now, cool. does it have Bluetooth so you can pair your iPhone to it and get even more control? Uh, no, I don't think so does. I think Zero does. Uh, yeah, Zero. A couple of, well, a couple of different bikes are doing Bluetooth stuff right now. But, so but I'll get back to you on that. Onto the, other, onto the other side, I was kind of checking out the Versus 300. So it's a twin cylinder, yes. right? A dual overhead cam bike, and really to walk up to it, lightweight motorcycle, but doesn't have that look of being anemic. It does not look like it's an entry level bike. It looks like it's an adventure bike. It looks yeah, like it's, it's just a smaller size small, adventure right. bike like the six smaller displacement. Because I'm still uh, six foot one and I felt comfortable on I, it. It's a blast ride. Looks I mean, really it's, cool. It, it, it's about like a, a ten speed. You know, it's it's very nimble. Yep. You can throw it around. It's upright. Uh, you're not you know hunched over. And it did not appear to be cheaply made. It appeared to be put together really well. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's a really fun bike. I wanted to see one in person because we kind of read about it, and learned about it. Um, I really had a good time riding the Versus 650. I'm a KLR 650 guy, but I kind of have my eyes opened to the Versus. Yeah. And same 650 cc's, but you wouldn't know it when you ride a Versus because the front wheel's in the air a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. So the Versus are remarkably uh, torquey bikes considering you're like, oh, it's a parallel twin 650. It's not going to be great. So here's a parallel twin 300. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool, man. Yeah. So uh, you got to ride it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's we, cool. we uh, thrashed it around a little bit. Does it, I mean, 
Would it be something that you could ride at 75 miles an hour on the freeway and feel okay on it? Yeah, I mean, it... Because it, it, you can't ride a KLR 650 at 750 on the freeway and feel okay on it. Well, I mean, yeah. it, it'll do it. It's yeah. probably at the, at, the, at the top end top of, of its, its performance. Yeah. Um, you know, that's where the the higher model or higher CCs would be better. But as far as, like, canyon roads or yeah. street roads, town roads, where you can just hit dice If you're out, thinking about a person that lives in a, a high-rent district or somewhere that you can't have multiple vehicles and you had to have just one thing could that be the thing you'd have and our our answer for all is that is great if it can go on the freeway and get you 15 or 20 miles down the freeway it, without it feel buzzing your balls off right then that's a pretty good sign yeah uh and it's really i mean it certainly has the presence it looks fantastic i mean they really did a great job with it i really kind of thought it was going to be a cheaped out Versus, and it's not. No, it's not. It's not cheap, down. No. So that's it's, pretty cool. I was I was impressed by that. And, and we've had really good luck with it. Uh, you know, it's been it's been really. Uh, is it the same motor that's in the Ninja? Pretty much. It is. Yeah. Okay, because I mean that motor's a nail. We we use a lot of our motors in, in other applications, right. just like the, the Versus 650 and the Ninja 650 mm-hmm. and the, the Falcon S. Right. Uh, we just change the tuning or the performance of it, just like this bike. The, you know, yeah. the H2. It's it's an H2, but the whole inside of it is completely different. Right. Yeah, it's got different cams, ECU. You know. Oh, so they really have changed many internal components. This, this is leans stronger in the low to mid range. Right, low to mid, yeah. And and it kind of just it doesn't really mellow out. It just okay. kind of holds its own on top end. Right. The H two. H two. It'll pull until yeah. until you run out of road. Well, that's why we were very happy that the race between us on the zero and the H two was a very short race. <laughs> the eighth of a mile was just enough to win. Had there been a quarter mile, it would have been just enough to lose. So uh, it was really our race to lose. Had the race gone on further, we would not have won. Yeah. Because the H2 definitely comes onto its own after the initial 75 or 80 miles an hour. And that's kind of the magic of the H2, really is. It's, yeah, well, it just keeps on pulling. Keeps on pulling it, it, it just, forever. Yeah. That's what superchargers, for people who are kind of listening to the podcast, look, do some research into superchargers. They don't have that very narrow window that a turbo has. No. A turbo has a very narrow window, whereas a supercharger is pulling the entire time. Well, it's, it's spinning all the time. Constantly. Yeah. And not I waiting for it to build. It's spinning 10,000 RPM. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so, it's, <laughs> so it, you don't you don't need right. that that exhaust or, or that pressure to, to right. build it. And up. you don't have to hold it in that RPM range. The power is always yeah. there. Right. It's sucking the whole time. Well, yeah. it's and squeezing the whole time too. So your Ninja, just so people are listening, this is a thousand cc's, right? Correct. Yes. And yet it makes how many horsepower? Uh, they're, they're showing over two. Over two hundred horsepower. Jesus. So where a lot of other companies, <laughs> right? Thank Woo. you. I'm glad he said it. A lot of other companies are going to 1,400, 1,500, 2,000, 2,300 cc's through having a factory supercharger on the bike. You're able to get gobs more horsepower. There's also lighter weight and torque. And I know this sounds strange, but there's actually an efficiency there, too. So uh, superchargers are remarkably efficient. They can get the same power out of a smaller displacement than going with any other sort of tricks. Uh, kind of neat, you know. Really, a cool way to get power down. You know, congratulations to Kawasaki for doing it and using our favorite name, the H2. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. which is cool. So even us old guys will be like, "Yeah, we'll let that happen." Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll let we'll let you do that. Yeah, we know the specs are different. It's got too many strokes, but we'll let that go. <laughs> but it's really cool. Thanks for coming and talking to oh, us, yeah, man. No, really appreciate it. it. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Anybody else have anything they liked in the Kawasaki booth here that blew your kilt up? I need an exhaust cam for a, a 2002 uh, Concourse, and uh, ah, yeah. 
and that's Pete and repeat right there. I yeah. would say is that in Jamie's your, busting my chops. He's got one in. He's got one in the booth. Department? <laughs> that's in your obsolete parts department. That was a thousand cc's too. Yeah. That, that's an e- no that's an eBay purchase. <laughs> Some guys just never change. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The 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 Z, the, you know, the the ZG, the G in that is for grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> that's me. That's, that's me, James. Yeah. Uh, we'll get him. We'll get him up to speed here. Get him up. Yeah. Get him yeah. on something a little more sexy. Thanks, man. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks guys. Yeah, we'll see you around. See you. All right. Hey, guess what? The show's over. So we're gonna sign off of that. We'll probably uh, maybe do round two tomorrow and get some more stuff. Yeah. Round two tomorrow. I'll get the rest cool. of the. People. All right. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Welcome to a seamless crossover into part two of our Cleveland Moto Podcast, where we're standing in the Yamaha booth. We had a chance to look around at a number of the bikes here, and how cool they've got. Uh, Yamaha sucks. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. The, uh, go Honda! Ride red. Ride red, yep. <laughs> but, so they're new... Right. So they're new... I'll tell you about the thing that I'm fascinated with, is their new touring bike, the new star... A looter. A looter. Well, that this, the, a looter is the bad boy version. That's the it's their version of a Yamaha F6 B or Honda F6 Banger. That's right on the anal. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the anal. And uh, so the new Yamaha touring bike, the touring platform, is the 1900 cc motor that came out of the straddle liner and the road liner. But what they've done is made it into a, a big cross. And the back of this thing looks like a 64 Chevy. I mean, it's taillights all the way across. Um, definitely the whole back-end treatment of the motorcycles from the automotive division of Yamaha, clearly. But it has a what they call a super park system, which is an entire separate electric motor that runs through linkages that could be best described as a Rube Goldberg device, uh, yeah, where they, yeah. they move the lever over. There's this big lever on the side of it, super park. Pull the thing over to the side. Press the a separate button, so it's not like the Honda reverse system at all on a wing. This thing is totally separate, but driving into the motor from the outside. So they they said about eight pounds of extra weight. Did they buy it from Euro? <laughs> well, but the thing is, it does make the bike go forward and reverse at slow speeds. So when your motorcycle weighs over 800 pounds, no shit, it better be able to go forward and reverse. Forward creeper gear too. Forward creeper yeah. and a rear creeper. Neither one of them are operating off the starter motor. They're off of a separate, independent motor. That when you see the linkages that are involved, it's about nine or ten heim joints. So there's at least 12 places it can go out of adjustment, out of adjustment to make it not work. Maybe it would weigh less than 800 pounds if they didn't have that motor on it. Well, maybe, but in, I, I, anybody's I, ever had a 75 to 77 Sportster just cringed. Mm. The shift linkage with nine uh, with nine linkages, two, three, right? Four, five. The shift linkage with six heim joints. Six heim joints. That right. After it's got about a thousand miles on it, it goes so it's a sloppy. Seven inch shift. Yeah, yeah. 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 You shift from the hip. Well, this is a hand lever. On this, play, right? this is a hand this lever. A hand lever. Yeah, okay. It's a big ass hand lever, but the range of motion on it appears to be, you know, at maximum a half an inch to activate the system. Kind of weird, but wow. It, it, I try to learn something. 
And then the MT, so it looks like the FC-07, the FC-09, and the FC-10 or whatever, they're alive and well in this MT platform, which the apparently ten, I means... Swear, I swear that when we leave, the 10 yeah. transforms into something. Yeah, it looks like it, it, it looks yeah, yeah. It looks, The MT-10 looks like one of the bugs that attacked the people in the uh, uh, Matrix movie. That was, it was, there was a, a crowd around it. I didn't even get to get close to the 10. Yeah. I looked at the 7 and the 9. Yeah. And as last year, I right. love that three-cylinder. Yeah. Is the 10 a three also? No, the 10's four. A four, okay. It's a 1,000cc four-cylinder. And they all do have that, sh- they share that same flat black appearance, yep. and you're right, it should change into something. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of typical Yamaha going on there. Stack transmission. Yeah. Uh charging system behind the cylinders instead of on the sides so that everything's kept as yeah. narrow as possible. It's really, you know, even in that giant even in that giant touring bike, they retained the the ubiquitous Yamaha R6 and R1 headlights. Those <laughs> awesome V-shaped two on each side. Yeah. Oh, Yamaha has always done it looks like a spider stair. It looks at you. so cool. And I would buy that bike just because it looks so aggressive. The front of it looks so aggressive. Uh, really neat. The bagger, the biggity big bag, big bagger, it's got some big ass bags on it. And they are top top loaders. And as top loaders, it's smart because you don't get as much water in it. I'd rather have a top loader. Top day. loader's the way to go. You can they just swallow your junk. But uh, actually, <laughs> but they were monstrous top loaders. So really cool. Uh, I mean, Yamaha's got the number one most reliable motorcycles in America right now, according to that test. And they also have, it looks to me, a lot of innovation happening and stuff. What I took away from this is the SCR 900. Yes. Yeah. It's a belt. It is a belt. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. an interesting choice for yeah. a, a scrambler. Not that you ever want to use it as a scrambler. Right. And but still, I wonder if it's got a chain. I was trying to find somebody ask them if they had a chain kit for that because I noticed the white right behind it yeah. is a chain. Yeah, the uh, you know when the when that when that 920 became an SCR a few years ago, we kind of giggled about it because we were like, "What are you talking about? That big ass cruiser 920? You're gonna make it a scrambler?" And then we looked and we were like, "Oh, it's got a belt on it!" Like, oh man, you talk about the scramblerfication of a Harley Sportster, but done with Yamaha colors, right? Yeah, so, it reminds me of my XT250. I know, bigger right. and oh, it's longer. more useless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's trying to scramble a aircraft carrier. Yeah, yeah, it's a long bike. And then the uh, their little replica XS650 over there is kind of cute. Uh, they took that. Uh, the, what is it? The XSR. Yeah. Is that the the, the yeah. platform? Yeah. They've done. They've put every permutation of knobby on that thing. Interestingly, I saw that Shinko now makes a DOT trail, not a knobby, but a, a scramblery looking tire. A Shinko, and they make it in the sport bike street sizes. Knobby. Street yeah, street knobby. Yes. A poser knobby. Mm-hmm. A hipster, a hipster tire. It should just be called the Shinko hipster. Right. Because it fits on every sport bike. It's a 120 by 70 in the front and a 170 in the back on 17s. So Shinko's got your rubber if you are interested in making your sport bike look like a dual sport. Question is... You put knobbies on your jigsaw. Will it hold when you're leaned over? Because it looks... I've always got I've always got a little nervousness when it comes to Shinko tires. Yeah, I, I've just I'm I'm quali- I'm I'm gonna say I might be a bit of a brand snob when it comes to tires. That's why I am. Yeah. I mean, I like I don't trust anything, but yeah. 
I do gun, I do Dunlops and Continentals for the most part. Yeah, that's me too. And that's where I operate. So, I mean, you might be able to tell me that Shinkos are every bit as good as both of those, but I, I'm still remembering back when we got our Shinkos for free, and they weren't great on the track. I hope the Heidenauers are good, because they have a good set of, like, snow tires for my scooter. Yes, they do. And Schwalbes and Heidenaus do make yep. some really excellent tires, uh, so that's cool. So, Dustin, did you see anything in a boot you liked? Yeah, I mean, basically all the stuff you talked about, because you, you and I were together walking around. Yeah. I, I think the new MT platform is sorry. very cool. It's fierce looking. Yeah, I like all three of them. I mean, I'll yeah. put a, a little more research on them, find out where they're cool. I mean, actually they're just, made. I, I'm, I gotta say, I'm pleasantly impressed that, unlike other booths here, the Yamaha booth does have a ton of new shit. I'm impressed that they brought back a 250 class two stroke motocrosser. No shit. Yeah. Kudos. Yeah, no shit. I mean, right. And I mean, it's fuel injected. I understand. EPA, EPA, whatever. Come on. Are there really that many motocross bikes in the world? There aren't. It can't possibly make an impact. And they're running so clean because they they need to. That's how you make power. Yeah. So, yeah, it is kind of neat to see that big old fat pipe over there underneath the motorcycle. That's, That's cool. Do they do anything? Do they have anything too strokey that's uh, street legal? No. Just the, oh, no, just no, the WR. No, no, no. Yeah. Not this continent for sure. Yeah. No. I was going to say, it'd be fun to have a, the, see a lighting kit. That, I'm um, not sure if that WR is or not. No, it just has a headlight. That's probably, that's probably off-road only. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's just an enduro. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they've got some really cool product in the booth. It's, it's the, two, the 225 slash 230 bike. I see finally bumped up to 250. You mean the old C- Zero? Zero? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been around forever. You realize that's yeah, the Zero. same basic engine and bottom end as your as the BW200 yeah. and the Trail and, and TW and the TW. Yeah, they've been around forever. Well, why would you get rid of anything like that? I, that's true. I mean, I mean, you paid for the tooling a hundred years ago. Yeah. Keep building bikes. Yeah, and they'll last forever. And so. they do, and that's kind of the point. Is yeah. they only had to figure out a way to make it cheaper yeah it's a uh, it's pretty cool where are we gonna go next uh suzuki let's go to suzuki all right all right all right so here we are we've made it over to the suzuki booth and we've walked through uh what step I like back in time i was gonna say we've literally oh, yeah. stepped into a time capsule and we have now confirmed for i believe the seventh year in a row that yes. the drz 400 is not fuel injected nope there is and i found some. out why why Okay, so I talked to this guy at length over what's new for for, new for 2018. And he said, the bodywork on the 400 Bergman. <laughs> You're shitting me. No. Um, and he said that they've remapped the motor. So the Bergman should never be on a spinning, rotating platform. The Bergman has just... They basically have made it look like a Honda Forza. It's like a 65-year-old okay. stripper on a pole. It is. It is. And and it says literally on here, it says new for 2018. A Bergman for it. But it's not new. It's the same motor. It's the same shitty. It's the same bike it's been since 1998. So they have a 20-year-old product up on their rotisserie. And we looked, and the, the, the Hayabusa is still a 600-pound, 1,340cc sledgehammer. Um, the SVs, uh, they have a lovely new color of burgundy and black. So that seems to be a change for 2018. And this just in, the DRZ 400 yeah. Supermoto still isn't fuel injected. Still carbon. And they told me why it's not. We'll, we'll get back to you on that later. Yeah, okay, so? <laughs> so what? So the reason it's these bikes are not carbureted, or the ones that have always fuel been car- or fuel injected, the reason they're still carbureted is because they said that they think that new emissions standards are coming out for next year. 
So it must have been every year. <laughs> but they don't want to tomorrow, tomorrow. bring out a new model with fuel injection because and then they're get scared. it certified right. and then go a year and then have it recertified yeah. for the new standards with a new fuel injection. So, and I also, mean, you can almost understand it. Well, but that's the reason we still don't have to this day why Genuine Scooter Company has never brought us that 400cc motorcycle because we were supposed to get it three Aprils ago or whatever and they said, well, no, we're going to ditch the Chinese fuel injection, we're going to put the German Siemens fuel injection on it, so it will be compliant with the next phase of Euro 2 compliance or DOT compliance, but then that didn't happen, and then it didn't happen again, and, you know, if you just resist, you're going to be doing what you're doing, and that is, how long has the DRZ been the same bike? 20 years. 20 years. Right? And, uh, and how long has the Bergman been the same bike? And the Savage. 20 years. And the Savage. Fact, oh, I sweet the, Jesus. The Bergman and the DRZ, I believe, came out at the same time. I'm sure they did. That was probably the last time Suzuki had an innovation. The, uh, the Van Van, it's now available in the same exact colors it was available in last year, I think. Red and white and black. I do love the Van Van. Of course though. you love the Van Van, but that's not even a 20-year-old bike. That's a 40-year-old bike. But, that's, but it has fuel injection. But, but, but in right. there, yeah. The other thing they said too, which is another, which yeah. I can understand, is that the American market is a price point market. Absolutely. And so, if they, the more you move forward, yeah. you get the business by moving forward, but the cost of, of production increases, and, Suzuki, and so. Yeah, and so, notorious. But they must have, I mean, with the tooling the way it is and everything that they're doing, the yeah. cost of tooling and the cost of production must be very low. Well, it has to be low because you paid for your tooling 30 years ago. Right. So if you paid for your tooling 30 years ago, and it is widely known in the motorcycle industry that Suzuki does not hold their price on anything. Suzuki dealers are the most downtrodden because the day the bike shows up in the showroom, the guy down the street from you is discounting it down to cost and hoping to make it up on FNI. So it's a notorious thing that Suzuki does not price protect its products. It doesn't do map pricing. It allows any dealer to devalue the product. Well, it's easy to devalue it when your brand new Suzuki Boulevard, which has tons of people sitting on it, by the way, the 650 Savage. When that 650 Savage or Boulevard S40 or whatever the hell it is, when that bike is competing against what? It's competing against the same bike from 20 years ago because there's no technical difference between them. It's the same bike. It's not fuel-injected. It's interchangeable, parts interchangeable with a 20-year-old bike. So, so Suzuki's biggest competitor is the used bike market. Yeah, I was going to say, the Suzuki's biggest competitor is another Suzuki that's 4 years old or 8 years old or 10 years old because there's no motivation to come in here and buy a brand-new one. You know? I'm not going to buy this brand-new Bergman for uh, you know eight thousand dollars, I'm not going to spend eight grand when that platform is a twenty-year-old platform. Uh, I must say the, the Suzuki guys are really nice, and their booth is huge. Right, their booth is huge. Yeah, and the other thing I noticed and they too have is every model on the floor. Yeah, so. yeah. and they, we did look at the the Wee Wee Strom, not the Wee Strom, the Wee Wee Strom. So what, what is that? The two fifty two Strom. Yeah, yep. It's the same motor. That's in the old Suzuki Cruiser GZ250. So that same motor, it's not even... Oh, God, is that music really necessary? Wow. I'll bet you that music is coming out of a motorcycle. Wow. 
I will bet you that is not a PA system. I'll bet you that is some asshats motorcycles. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. two people should be making out. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah, right. I'm here. So what do you like in the Suzuki booth? Oh, the 80s? I mean, I'm stuck in the 80s. The 80s. We kind That's, of come that, that Yeah, 1984s are right over here. Right. 87s over there. Yeah. Um, no, nothing's really, I mean... Nothing's new. No, I mean, no, nothing's new. I tried. I tried to look around. I tried to find new things. And another Harley guy gets his wings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Harley, is that what I, I mean, next? If somebody oh. came to me and said, "Look, we're going to give you one of these brand new Suzukis. You have to pick something." Yeah. Probably a V-Strom. I, I I dig the color. Oh, the new, I like the, the yellow. I like the rims. See the way the rims yeah, are the laced. Gold rims. Yeah, the gold laced rims on the Suzuki V Strom. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but I mean, other than that, they're those are they've two, got the tubeless they've too, got right? the same. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they've got the same channel. four stroke on road off road bikes that they've right. had forever and a day. They have not. You know, they've done the best to preserve. They have. They even have. They even have. Bikes for the whole family. Mm. Ah. They have a push bike. Suzuki Strider. Which is a little, yeah, a little yeah. kid's push bike. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't look at it. I there's really didn't some cool stuff. The, I mean, yeah. I didn't. But that's nice aluminum tank on a dirt bike. I mean, and I did, honestly, I couldn't even be bothered to go look at the uh, fan vans. Yeah, well, I couldn't be bothered to look at the boulevard line because actually every four year old in the show is sitting on them. So, <laughs> saw yeah. that one and I thought, wow, the SP's back. No, and it's not. The Suzuki yeah. SP's? Yeah. Your SP colors on, yeah. I assume SP that's colors a 650. On, on an SP, yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. 1984 is back. Well, I mean, it's, they literally took a TU250 and they put a Spectrum, you know, an AMF Spectrum paint job. Well, sticker kit on it. Yeah, so. sticker kit. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it. And it's it's exactly it. If you worked if you worked this booth 20 years ago, you'd be having the exact same experience you would today. <laughs> so it's it's literally a time capsule. It's in stasis. Yes. This booth might still be a fixed point in time and the IX Center may have moved around it. It probably just drops down <laughs> in the ground. And they just press and the they, button and, and they lift the back up the next yeah. motorcycle show. Yeah. I would... Uh, the good news is they probably haven't had to buy new displays or anything, so... Yeah. Haven't had yeah. to pay for new marketing. Well, materials. this is like circa 1982 uh, Autorama. I no problem. I like rotating shafts. I love rotisseries to put bikes on. I think it's a great way that people can examine everything. And when that big, giant BMW bagger came out a few years ago, they had that big bagger out on one of these rotisseries, so you could really check it out. And it was nice because there was a big... It was a big event... And you could stand there and you could just kind of see all the... Your eye could pick up all the fine points. My eye is not appreciating all the fine points of this 20-year-old Suzuki Bergman right now. There should be a disco ball above it. <laughs> you should just get what it is, and that is you should put your little... Uh, you know, your, it could come in, you could put a walker right here, put a little strimmer, put a walker here, put a colostomy bag on the other side, and just call it what it is, man. It does have ABS. Well, yes, and it also... You know, they're showing off their extremely optic white paint. Who is that a parking brake? Yes, it is. Ah, yep. It is a parking brake. Hey, there yep. it is. Yeah, that's it. All right, so next victim. Uh, Harley. Uh, Harley. Let's go talk to my Harley. Fantastic. Hey.
And Phil, tell them where we are. All right, it's definitely not 20 years ago in the Harley Davidson booth. Uh, Harley Davidson. Right, they've they've uh, they've taken a giant leap forward. They've completely embraced on the Ultra line liquid cooled heads, and then the Milwaukee Eight oil cooled. You know, they got a nice big oil cooler in the front of them, and they're really pushing the 114 motor hard. Uh, we did see the CVO. Uh, oh my God, the CVO giant. $43,000 stock. What? What? Yeah. That motorcycle sitting right over there at your dealer. MSRP, $43,949. I don't spend that kind of money on cars. It's Holy a house. Holy. It's a half a house. So that's alive and well. And then uh, actually with the... with They've all got the wider tires now. Yeah, go ahead. There's people on the Yeah, I think these folks want to sit on this bike. And they, uh, go ahead. I'm hogging it. Back away from the potential future Harley owners. The uh, still, I mean, everything about it. The motor looks the Milwaukee Eight motor. It looks just wider than hell. The 114 motor. Uh, you know, you're still at you're you're at a cool 1900 cc's, but it's just the the word I like to say when I looking at all of these new soft tails is girthy. They've gone for girthy. The primary drive is yeah. like. The primary drive is a solid 10 and a half inches out from the left-hand side of the motorcycle. The rear wheel, the rear fender is like a comical one-ton ho Jesse James kind of thing. Uh, it's it is chubby is the understatement of all, and it's not just in the Fat Boy line. It's the whole goddamn range of all the new soft tails are going for that super fat. Super, super fat back end. Right there is Harley Davidson future in a nutshell. Is it? <laughs> the fella in the pink. Yeah. All right. All right. I had right. to triple. I had to do a triple. I didn't know. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. 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 So all right. Yeah. He's wearing the he's wearing the uh, the jogging pants and the uh, pink hoodie and the uh, hair bandana. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well. It's uh, all right. Cool. Well, rubber shoes. Yeah. He's got his. He's got his. Uh, or what do they call his Crocs? Yeah. So yeah. So there you go. His dad, his dad is clearly the Harley guy because his dad has got all the Harley Davidson clothing on and all the accessories, and then like his son is not looking at all like a normal Harley Davidson ride. In fact, with the pink hoodie and everything else, he looks rather effeminate with the hairband on and the whole thing else. That's probably why his dad brought him here today. Oh well, son, you're gonna be a man. We're gonna fix you. We're gonna send you to camp. You just gave Harley a great marketing, a great idea. Yeah. yeah. No. Harley Crocs. <laughs> Harley Crocs. I would like to say the one thing that I, I found the Harley secret Crocs to the Harley Davidson. <laughs> I found the reason Harley Davidson may not fail to exist and be relevant. Here's why. Because of the Harley Davidson XL883 Iron. Because everything that we always made fun of about the Iron is still here. It's still 883 cc's. It's still a 25-year-old motorcycle. But there's an Iron over there that has Clubman's on it. That are horribly adjusted. They're adjusted wrong. We, we, Dustin figured that out. No he's, shit. Really? He's going to be the ergonomics uh, director for Harley. Well, <laughs> vice president. The only yeah. the only place I can go to buy a set of Clubmans for two hundred dollars for a forty nine dollars set of Clubmans. But here's why Harley Davidson is going to continue to be relevant. Ready? Look over here. We have MSRP of the bike as equipped is sixty five hundred bucks. The accessories, right? Accessories are sixty five hundred bucks. The bike is nine thousand dollars. So the accessories are a solid seventy percent, seventy five percent of the cost of the bike. 
So, yeah, your $9,000 bike, as displayed there, is literally a $15,500 bike. So, yeah, and that's it. And then just because I figured I was going to get my CrossFit in for the day, would anyone like to guess the number of pages in the book I'm holding up right now? 1,300. 642. Oh, Karnak is working hard on this one. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is... Three of our viewers actually got that. Right. Uh, 1,073. Whoa, Johnny Chrome, 1,048 pages. (laughs) Wow. So they literally have a 1,048 page. Those are really thin. Excess. Oh, they're super thin. A 1,048-page accessory book that they're giving you for free. Can you believe they're giving away this book, which is at least a, a $20 value? And if you uh, sign up on their mailing list, they'll probably mail you one hey, every six months. Book, please? Yes, you may. Because I can uh, wipe my ass for a year. with For a year. This is 1,000 <laughs> really good shits. Uh, but that's the point. The point is this. Even if people stop buying that's... new Harley-Davidson's, the, the margin item... The margin item is not the $9,000 motorcycle. That's not the margin item. The margin item is the $6,700. That's hard parts. That's right. motorcycles. Yeah. Well, they've that, got a 400-page fucking motor clothes catalog yes, floating around right. here. That's oh, right. The, the bike is a gateway drug. The bike is a gateway drug. They now have sissy bars that are looking like the 1960 sissy bars. But what I thought was really interesting is most finance companies will finance you for 125 to 150% of the value of the machine. Yep. The dollar value of the machine. Which means that you can't finance that Sportster over there. Because that Sportster, as equipped from your dealership, is 180%. Before you talk about prep or setup or shipping, that Sportster is literally 180%. So you're, you're getting... Uh-huh. You're getting literally about 60% of your purchase is the motorcycle. So you yeah. bought you bought six tenths of a motorcycle, okay. and so the rest is enough. The noise in the background was the BMW. <laughs> yeah, that was the BMW. Which all they're doing is they're just starting the bike occasionally and revving it occasionally, and people are literally lined up 20 deep holding their phones up, like your phone's going to have a picture of anything other than. Motorcycles with sound coming out. <laughs> I thought they frowned upon that here. Well, no, because directly 60 feet behind us is the Harley Davidson Habitrail yeah. the Hamster Wheel Riding oh, Academy. Which you can't even hear that when it's we were right beside it. Right. It's super yeah. quiet. Right, super quiet. So it makes yeah. me wonder if it's not an electric motor with right. a sound machine. I know it is. I'll say once again, I'm here in the booth. We're looking at the bikes. There's nothing in here I want. Nope. There's nothing. Yeah, not a which, thing. Which is scary because once we've always joked, if you're marketing right, I should hate it. If you're marketing right, I shouldn't understand it. If you're marketing right. But in this case, I am their age market. I am their demographic. I'm a 48-year-old guy with a job. <laughs> and I don't want in a, in a stellar credit rating. And I don't want this motorcycle. I like the colors. I mean, I like some of the design mm-hmm. scheme. I mean, the design scheme. Right. But... Uh, like the, the just the structure of the bike, I don't really care for. Well, and the Fat Boy, which we're sitting and looking at right now, the Fat Boy looks like it escaped from Toontown. It looks like a like a, a it does. literally it looks a, like a caricature. cartoon cartoon motorcycle. Yeah, it looks like a cartoon of a motorcycle. Everything that could be made chubby, chubby has been made chubby. Everything that could be girthy is girthy. That's like a two-inch handlebar. Somebody finally took the the name Fat Boy literally. Oh, they chubbed the fuck out of it. But I just. 
And the, the other thing is, I don't even want to talk. I don't even have a relationship with anybody I've seen sitting on the bus. Right? Dustin sat on that fat boy. I walked away from it. <laughs> so it's just, it's not even that it's uncool. It's uncool to the point where it's offensive. Like, I, I don't want to be that guy. And I don't. And I'm going to say it. it. To me, whatever they're doing, whatever their marketing plan is, they just made it worse. They, they did. And with the transformer headlight on the soft tails and all that, it just doesn't, man, it doesn't look better. It looks worse. And in this one booth, they got everything. They got like a four-foot-wide broom handle handlebars on that 750 Indian-made Street 750. Oh, you mean the one that's uh, Krylon uh, yeah. Primer color? Krylon Primer Black or, or Rust. Oh, it's, yeah. it's the red. It's, it's honestly red. legit Krylon red, red primer. Right. And there's a red primer giant uh, heritage soft tail over there, too. So they're, they're just, like in this one booth, they are going to say, like, dude, we're not going to miss anything. We're hitting everything. We're going to... You know what? There is truly a seat for every ass. And we're not doing it the other way. So Just we're going to go ask see. Them any questions. No, that, they proved that. Any answer, any questions that were asked were answered with, well, let me go find somebody that can answer that for you. Yeah. So We can't do that without corporate's permission. Well, and they're very much not aware of their own product line. At least the people that are working in the booth were asking simple questions. Is this bike water-cooled or is this bike oil-cooled? And they couldn't answer that. <laughs> so meanwhile, we can see the radiators, but they don't, they're not prepared to give an answer. So, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and visit BMW. Yay! If they can keep their bike turned off. BMW. All right, we are in the BMW booth, and there's a lot of cool shit to see in here. So we're not going to go crazy because Pete Hempfling did just buy a BMW GSA. So today. he'll he'll Yeah, he bought that today and spent a cool, what, uh, $1.5 million. Uh, all of the money in the world. But it is a pretty bike. But he, comfortable. He has the virus. But that's in Deutschmarks. Yeah, but he, he definitely has the BMW virus, for sure. Uh, I did... You know, I, I really want to love the uh, little baby GS, the GS310, uh, the G310, but I can't love it anymore because it's got those same fake-ass, fake Brembos that are on the Royal Enfield that Bye, we... Yeah. <laughs> Don't say Brembo. Uh, but it's got the fake... And, and I just... That bike screams of India. And everything I touch on it, the switch gear and everything feels better than most Indian-made products. But it does run in curry. Yeah, I have a. Fair, I have. It was like the Duke 390. That one's made in India too. Yeah, and I'm just starting to. The the quality fitment and stuff is way better than a Chinese bike. There's no doubt about it. The the manufacturing is better than the Chinese bikes, but I got a feeling like that upside down fork. I I, I I'm scared. You know, I'm just scared that at any moment it's gonna it's gonna quit being a fork, and it. I've worked on those brakes before. They don't tend to work real good. Uh, I've I just a lot of those components I've seen on other bikes, and I've, we've had problems with them in the past. So it's one of those ones. It's it's cool, and it's a BMW you can buy for not a lot of money. It's a good looking bike, sits real nice, but man, I boy, I hope the quality's there. That's why the step up to the right. F800 is twice as much. Holy so, it, shit! You talk about a step up. What was that price difference, Steve? So, uh, it's the cost of that bike. Where it's it's. The, that bike's 58. Right. The step up to the F800 is 12.8. So you were literally, you could buy two 310s for the price of one 800. Right. And that's the step. That's literally the step. You're doubling down to go from the 310 to the 800. You could have one 310 per ass cheek. 
Yeah, you could. And uh, I'm looking at the F850 GS, and I really do like it. The bags on it are rather genius. Uh, the bags are expandable. They're hard, square, plastic bags, but they have a really interesting lever inside that when you operate that lever, the bag does at least get 30% bigger. It goes from there's no way you could put a full-face helmet in their city bag to being it, it absolutely can hold a full-face helmet as an expanded bag. Pretty clever. I like that it doesn't have the dummy muffler anymore. They got rid of the fake extra exhaust. Um, so I, I really I enjoy seeing that. Comfortable, really nice bike. I think the F850GS would probably might be my pick. Um, I don't like the boxer motors. I, I, I just I don't. I, there's too much motor hanging out there. Uh, I've had a bunch of them. I've had them in modern. I've had them in vintage. And I just don't care for that motor. And if I could tell you why I don't care for it, my feet don't go where they're supposed to go. You're taller than me, too. I just don't care for them, yeah. But for a bike that you're using for this purpose, I would go, definitely I would go with the F800. Yeah. Because it seems like there's too much, like... I do. The GS. Yeah, the GS. I mean, the GS, in that form factor, there's just too much bike... With that 1200 cc that's a load, lot so. of bike i mean that that has that has gotten to be a real monster can we kind of roam over there real quick because i had one question about the bike itself on a stats thing because this is a bike that you know you're going down the road with eight gallons of gas underneath you it's 125 horsepower that's rad 92 foot pounds this is a serious machine and They've managed, even though it's massive, they've got it at 580 pounds. That's not too bad. It's just really not too bad. Um, we were joking about the the Wee Wee Strom. The Wee Wee Strom 250 is over 415 pounds <laughs> for a 250, and uh, you know that's a 250, and this is a this is a 1170, and it really you're looking at this machine. It I can understand why Pete likes him so much. He he really digs these bikes, and. Uh, good for him uh, it, it just to me it just looks and there's a whole lot of planet taken up by this motorcycle like this is big the tires are so cool oh look at that grip pattern on there that's really weird treads have treads the treads do there's inner treads and outer treads yeah well they're ridged interiorly for your pleasure that's the catch the that's the catch the water and be a paddle wheel action but yeah it's and it's just interesting. It's like all the stuff, like the integrated, uh, the integrated GPS systems, and all that. Like clearly, BMW knows the guy who's going to buy this bike is Pete. And uh, Pete Hempfling just came in and bought. He violated the cardinal rule. He bought the new bike. Size? <laughs> he bought a brand new motorcycle. He bought a brand new motorcycle, freshy fresh, right off the dealer's floor at the motorcycle show. And he told me about all the discounts that he got as a result of this, and they didn't sound big enough to me. Every discount he said was like, eh, reasonable. But it's, uh, yeah, he's. This is a serious, serious machine, and I, I feel like I'm not up to the task. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's. But he's going to use it, and he's going to keep it for. Oh, he's yeah. a bike forever. Yeah, he'll so. run the wheels off of it. So, and he's proven that. He will take the GS everywhere the GS is meant to go. So that's cool. And it's uh, and he probably won't fall off as many times as you and McGregor. Do they have the electric scooter <laughs> over there? Did we make it even that No, far? let's uh, let's go ahead and put it on pause and let's go look at the scooters. 
right, Scooter Town. Well, here in Scooter Town, here at the uh, BMW, BMW display, and I'm sitting on the uh, X Drive or whatever uh, XC400. Uh, thank you. The two, 2018 C400X Scooter. And uh, it, is, it does have this little thumb-wheel jog. Um, this computer has a uh, very interactive computer display. This, so while you're driving, you can get, have the maximum amount of distraction and operate through multiple screens with your left thumb. What to figure out, like, mileage and crap like that? What's that? Say it out loud, man. It's 350 cc's, but, but it's a, a C400X. C400X. Boy, that takes some liberty. I still might have called it the C350. Um, it has that cubulic, that cubulicious shape of that weird Honda scooter that didn't come out a few years ago. Right. And uh, we thought it looked cool. But this is definitely a series in squares with some circles around it. The front end was definitely stolen from the GSA. And uh, yeah, it's a scooter, all right. They haven't revealed the price. The uh, next to us, though, right. 67 and a half mile of the gallon. Right. Yeah, it's it's a big scooter. It's not a little scooter at all. Directly next to us, though, and this is something we definitely want to talk about, is the electric. You know, uh, the Evolution, what they call the C-Evolution, BMW has been talked about for a while yet. I guess they're not available. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that. So this is a motor scooter that is not yet available. And... This is 48 horsepower. So this is a, a similar horsepower as a 400 or 500 cc scooter from any of the major players, but it's fourteen thousand dollars base price. So this bike has you know 53 foot pounds of torque. So it's curiously it's right around half as much torque as a zero. Yep. So it's right around half as much torque as a zero. It's got about. Eh, 40% less range than a Zero. Wow, it's heavier. But it weighs almost 200 pounds more than a Zero. And uh, that's one of those things where I just, I kind of look at this thing and go, man, for 14 grand, maybe I don't want the scooter. For 14 grand, maybe I want to go with the motorbike. Maybe I want to go with the actual Zero as opposed to this uh, BMW scooter. There's a, I'm looking at it and there's just nothing I interesting thing too is you see the range they say is 99 miles but it says long range version 101 baby <laughs> yeah. stretch those extra two miles, two miles well and what I'm thinking too is that I'm thinking that at $14,000 that's an extra 10 PSI air in the tire by the way yeah, yeah it gets two miles on that for sure uh, so that's a that's a it's kind of a tough one the uh I mean, I, we're really, we like the idea of electric vehicles, love the idea of electric bikes, but, but if you're talking me, if you're talking about performance for money, uh, boy, this thing is half, this is half of a zero, numbers-wise. It's half of a zero, but it's full price. You know, 2017 zero right now, with a $1,500 discount, is this exact price. Yeah, So, 14. Right. You, you buy yourself a, a one-year, you buy a leftover zero SR, and you're smoking everybody in, you know, zero to 60 in three seconds. Or you could buy a scooter. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to go with the Zero SR, please. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Steve's over there buying one right now. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, we're going to pull the punch out of this one. Yep. This is our last one, isn't it? Did we got them did all? We, do? we did. Uh, yeah. We did, we we did, did Suzuki. Yes. We did Yamaha. We did Yamaha. We did Yamaha. Yeah. I think we did it. Cali yeah. yesterday. We'll do a wrap-up. Yeah, we'll go back to the, the booth and wrap yeah, it we'll up. Yeah, we'll do a wrap-up. 
So All right. wrapping up. We're wrapping here. up. We're wrapping short up on batteries, so. Right. So how long and short of it, another motorcycle show here in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, everyone will tell you the show's gotten smaller, but the show is still the best damn thing you can do in the last weekend of January in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> and we got decent weather and no yeah, snow buddy. this right. year. So regardless of being a cranky pants about it, yeah, you're right. Triumph wasn't here. Ducati wasn't here. You know, there, there are people that are not here that would normally be, but it's still where you're going to come to see the new motorcycles before you're going to, in the springtime, fail to go and see the dealers. So <laughs> you're going to come here, you're going to see them all in one spot, because that promise you made yourself, we're like, oh, well, you know, in March or April, I'm going to get down to the BMW dealer and check out that, yeah, you're not going to do it. You're going to come here, you can see them all in one spot. Plus all the freak show custom-built bikes, which there are hundreds of. And, and some actual cool ones. And some actual cool ones. And some very interesting <laughs> old vintage bikes, you know. And some very interesting old vintage people walking around. Jesus Christ. Speaking of freak show. It is. Uh, and it is. <laughs> and uh, for people that are into getting everything out of the event, I mean, the progressive booth has training seminars that just don't ever seem to end. And, no, uh, you no, know, no. if you're uh, lucky or cursed enough, you can end up putting on one of those training seminars. And, you know, have people say, oh. Saw you on stage. Yeah. I remember the year they asked you to do that. And I had a miserable time with it. And they gave me 30 minutes to tell teach people how to build a cafe racer. Because clearly you can teach that class in yeah, 30 minutes. That's all it takes. Start with a CB350. Yeah. Right. Only takes an hour to actually do it on TV. Surely I was gonna can, say, surely you can tell people how to do it. In how to do it. Beat the tank with a hammer, right. buy and an expensive fiberglass seat. Right. That's right. And uh, and then you're done building your cafe racer. So it's cool. I mean we we will obviously continue to do the motorcycle show. We're continuing to be here and be a part of it. I did notice uh, you know uh, Pam from Sills brought up an excellent point, and she said uh, she's a, her and her husband Roger have been BMW dealers and Honda dealers here in Cleveland for about forty years, right? So they are a very old shop, mom and pop shop, literally a mom and pop shop that survived despite BMW's rule about having a billion dollars worth of inventory and <laughs> Honda's rule about having a billion dollars worth of inventory. Sills, including bikes still, you can't sell in Ohio. Well, and Sills still has BMW, and Sills still does a good job of getting people to come in and buy bikes. They are really good at what they do, and they're sweet people. She said, and this is funny coming from her because she's no spring chicken herself, she's like, yep, it's the same guys today as it's been for the past 30 years. It's The buyers are the same people. They're not building new buyers, and boy, that was a that was a heart wrenching moment of reality when the woman who's had a, a BMW dealership for forty some years is telling us that well, we have the same customers we had thirty years ago. It's just that they're all sixty eight years old now. They're all seventy years old now, and she said because they've been talking about the G three ten, the BMW G three ten. For three years, and the first one rolled off the truck today at her dealership. So at her dealership today, they got their very first G310, G310S. So that's a bike that they've been promising to people for three goddamn years. Well, and it just showed up today. Well, that's yeah. I and mean, you know what? Young people don't have an attention span that long. 
So that's it. <laughs> so I Eat guess that the based on that, we're going to go ahead and say, you got anything else? No, I'm good. That's it. Anything else? It's a wrap. Fuck it. It's a wrap. Ride fast and take chances. My feet hurt. Press the red button. Yes.